big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big warm welcome to you. My name is Marion Rose. And I'm Lael Stone. And today we're talking about parenting for a new paradigm. So we're hoping this will be inspiring and informative and other yummy things. Yes, and, and an apt recording for living in a time in this world where there are many great unknowns and um, there's a lot of things going on for a lot of people. So we thought this might be a, a beautiful one to to help perhaps inspire or reassure you or, I don't know, help you kind of tune into what you want moving forward. But let's start, Marion. Let's start with checking in. How are you, my friend? How are you this week? What's been going on? I'm really well. I'm really well. Sunny, blue skies. <laughs> Mine will be the same every week. <laughs> I am I've had a lot of willingness to get a lot of things done that I've been meaning to get done, just things around the house. I love working with willingness, as you know, and I feel so excited when I don't coerce myself to do something. And then suddenly over the last few days, I've had so much what I call will energy to do loads of things as well as all the other things I do. But, you know, just getting around to doing things that um, not so uh, haven't been so much wanting to do. That's about it, really. The usual things, bike rides and exercise and swimming in the pool and spring Mm. diving and those kinds of things. (laughs) What about you, Leo? It's spring energy. That's good. Um, Well... I'm still in lockdown day 643 or something like this in this beautiful city that I'm living in. Um, it's bizarre what's become kind of just a new normal of what you what you adjust to or what you just, yeah, what you sit in. It's bizarre. Um, I've had a really big week. I've had so many feelings come up this week and I, I think it's really important we share this. I know we share lots of our own stories, but, you know, often people I don't know, work with and they, they're like, oh, well, you seem like you have it all together. I really just want to share <laughs> that there are times where, oh, my goodness, um, you know, really vulnerable, really big stuff pops up. Um, I spent like most of Monday and Tuesday in tears, lots of big feelings, lots of stuff came up around things I didn't even know was sitting there. And you know what I love so much is I just really gave myself permission to feel it. My husband walked into my room at one point and he's like, oh, baby, are you okay? And I'm like, oh, I have so many tears. I've got so many feelings. And he's just like, ah, oh, what do you need? And he was so beautiful, just holding a space. And then my daughter walked in. She's like, you okay, mum? And I'm like, oh, I've just got lots of tears. And she's like, that's good. It's good, mum. Oh. <laughs> so I love just being in a space where it is absolutely okay to feel it and express it. And it moved. Like everything, it moved. Mm-hmm. And it was really great. You know, one of my default mechanisms is to analyse stuff and figure out why I'm feeling what I'm feeling and what I can trace it back to and what I need to shift and all that kind of stuff. And I actually, I felt so in it that there was just no, there were no 
didn't make sense anything. So I just thought, well, just feel it, just feel it and it will pass. And I had lots of baths and I cried lots and I was, I'd cancelled my clients and I was really tender with myself and um, came out the other side and went, oh, that was great. And, you know, it makes a bit more sense to me about what went on and why I needed to just feel all that. And it, it really makes me reflect too, you know, because I think both of us, Marianne, we've done a lot of emotional process work. I'm still surprised sometimes of the power of how of how you feel when you let yourself really release, when you let yourself really go into those feelings, when you know that you'll come out the other side. Um, I watch sometimes still when we try and resist it. I remember I was holding on for a bit, trying not to let myself go into it, and then it just kind of came. And, and I still sometimes go, God, haven't I done this so many times before? But I still watch sometimes the resistance within around wanting to move into those deeper feelings. So I hope that's helpful for anyone listening to know that we are all human and we all move through these big tender places and yeah, big time in the world at the moment. And I feel like I'm holding a lot, a lot for the people I work with, you know, a lot for my family. And, you know, I think that was a big accumulation of well for me as well of just, oh, I really need to have some taking care of me time as well. So it was it was a gift. I see it as a gift. And I came out the other side. And now I feel more sprightly and I feel really optimistic and I feel ready for new things now. So yeah, it was a gift. It's always a gift. Reminds me too, you know, when we listen to our kids' feelings like this as well, how when we look at them afterwards, when they're bright and their eyes are shiny and they're kind to their siblings or stuff, you can see again the power of what shifting those feelings and emotions are. So such beautiful evidence that we often need. All right, let's jump into this topic. This is a good one. You know, we speak so much about Marion, you speak so beautifully about power. And I know this isn't necessarily about power, but a lot of, I guess, what we're going to tap into a bit today is about what we are going to need moving forward in the world and and what that might look like for parenting and for families and and us as humans in finding our own sovereignty and power. So where would you like to start? Mm, I what I would love to start with actually is following on from what you were saying is I think it can be really helpful to to think about as parents what context we're holding for these times because clearly this is a huge time in human consciousness and how we're holding that you know has a big impact on our children so are we holding that as um, I wrote a post recently actually about it being like birth you know being like the process of birth and and when we give birth that um you know, what I call the disconnected domination culture wants us to, to go back to how we were before, before giving birth. And uh, what I see is a similar thing is like, um, there's this thing to just go back to how things were. And I think we're really in, in a time where the invitation is, would we like to hold this as a time of, yes, great challenge and great um pain for so many people and yet a time of possibility and if we can hold that in our parenting I think that can be really helpful for our for our young people we were just talking before and you mentioned at the beginning there's you know it's such a time of um of not knowing and unknowing about what is going to happen and what can we do to hold a context that's going to be helpful for ourselves and our children in ways that actually support them to go forward into a future that is unknown what can we do to really help them 
so that they are um you know i often say what i love about aware parenting is it's not we're not here to help children fit into the old system we help we're here to help our children who grow up in a different paradigm because they're here to to create the new paradigm they're here to um you know to be the future leaders to be those who aren't willing for things to continue as they have been and you know, I think if we hold that bigger, longer-term picture around, uh, you know, our day-to-day parenting, uh, that can really help our responses. You know, are we here to? Is this response going to help them actually move into that place where they can live in the unknown and they can make the most of that, and they can, um, yeah, they can contribute to this new future, or or are we doing things that actually keep them uh, in the old paradigm? And I know that might be a little bit. Um, nebulous in some sense but I think really holding that bigger picture is so important right now for for everyone oh I love that so much and I agree so deeply that when I stand back and go what is what is the journey of parenting and what are we wanting to gift our children we're wanting to gift them such a strong sense of themselves of who they are that deep inner knowing so that they are guided by what feels right for them. They have strong no's, they have strong yeses. They are able to see where things feel off. They're able to call out when stuff doesn't feel right, that their, their sense of worth and their enoughness is so innate in them that that, that just shines through. And as you're talking, I'm thinking about my beautiful 13-year-old who, um, who we often joke is like a 28-year-old woman in a 13-year-old body in her beautiful wisdom. But um, this year I have been homeschooling her, even though we've been here in lockdown Melbourne, but we actually started homeschooling at the beginning of the year. And really because she came to me and she said, Mum, I cannot go back into that system. And I was like, okay, tell me why. And she sat down and she just so calmly said all the things that felt so innately wrong to her. So she's meant to be in year eight here in Australia. And she said, I feel like, you know, the teachers don't respect who I am as a person. I get told I have to pull my socks up, you know, for my uniform. Like, is that going to help me learn any better? I feel like I have no choice or say when I'm learning. Um, I feel that um, I'm being groomed to just be another number, to regurgitate information back to them that you know they want to hear like all her arguments were so (laughs) valid and real I just was like yes 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 to all of that and her sense of knowing was so completely strong within it because she's just like I feel like I will be selling my soul to go back into that and we've never pressured our kids to you must do this must do that we've always really supported them to have choice it was so clear to me as she sat on my bed and said that to me that I looked at her and I thought your sense of knowing who you are and what is right and wrong for you at 13 is so incredibly powerful and that is what I want to foster in you because with that conviction, with that sense of knowing in herself, to for that to be encouraged, held, um, fed, with you know in a beautiful way is going to create a teenager to grow up to actually go right what's going on here and is this wisdom for me for others like it was like you know to me it was a pulse of that this is this is what we need to be doing in the world now is to really tuning into is this right 
And, um, you know, like I have built a school, so I understand the education system and what that takes. And, and I've been wanting to try and do it differently, uh, you know, and, and my daughter's like, can you build a high school? And I'm like, it takes time and I can't do that yet. And she said to me too, she said, I know, and one of the big parts of her for choosing that was that um, I'm not necessarily going to be with my peer group now, my friends, even though there's lots of other opportunities to connect in, you know, home learning with other people and kids. But she said, I, I just, I can't just have friends and then give up myself just for friends. And I was like, wow, I so honor that in you. And, and we talked about, well, let's make sure then that you stay deeply connected to your friends and you get to learn in a way that feels good for you. And I just so admire her at 13, knowing that so deeply. I don't think that I came to those places of knowing myself and my convictions till I was in my 30s or even later or even now I just feel like I'm still really going actually no that doesn't feel good for me or yes this is a life here and I think I just look at what she represents to me is an example of what is possible when we raise our children where we welcome all they have to say where we give them space to express themselves where we we hold space for their feelings and their thoughts, you know, so that they're not then contending with, you know, I have to do this to keep you happy or, you know, they're, they've, they are connected to those places within. And, you know, I, I just, I, I feel like, you know, our children are always a gift, but this third child of mine just feels like she is my life's teacher. <laughs> like I just feel like I should go to her and go, what other wisdom have you got for me? Like what, <laughs> what can you tell me now? What, do you, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> what do you think? Because there's something different about um, that innate knowing, which I just think is so profound. I feel so blessed to um, walk beside her and, and watch her navigate this And because I definitely didn't have that when I was growing up and I just I see it gives me hope for what this future can be and I think that's why I feel so, like you, Marion, so deeply passionate about it where parenting because I... I see how powerful it is. So powerful, isn't it? I, I really loved what you said, so particularly around that deep connection that she has with herself. And I see that with uh, my children as well, or teenagers. And I think that's something that is so different about aware parenting compared to what came before that was really the all the ways in which children needed to give up who they really were in order to be safe be loved be included all of those things and you know what a huge split that um you know that really creates I'm just really repeating what you said Mm -hmm. and where how different that is when 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 a young person's self-connection is the is the thing at the center of everything it's it's Mm -hmm. from their connection with themselves where everything else flows forward and it's a profound difference isn't it and I think it takes years otherwise exactly I'm really just (laughs) recapitulating restating what you said it takes years to to find and reconnect with ourselves if we've lost that connection but if we have that connection with ourselves everything else can be built upon it Mm. and I think when we we pull back and we've talked about this in other podcasts and um you know, this is, and you talk about this so beautifully, Marion, that, you know, 
where we are in the world today is often is a product or how I see it is a product of how we were raised, right? So when we are shut down, when we have to repress all those feelings, when we um, aren't allowed to speak our truth or rage or feel it and then it turns into aggression and then we need to power over others. I mean, so much of our world is basically about powering over people. It is about using force, power, aggression, coercion. And, and then saying, right, this is what we're doing. And then in order to cope with that, most humans go, God, that doesn't feel good. All right, well, how do I numb myself out from this? And so we live in a world that's pretty numb um, and that's being forced to do stuff that a lot of us don't want to do because of the way that it's set up. And, you know, when we pull back on that picture and see uh, that, you know, and we've talked touched on this before, is that people in power often are people that are deeply wounded and hurt and use their power in ways that are not, they're not honouring of other humans, but it is um, how they make themselves feel better. It's, you know, if we look at the really bring it back to the family, when there's a parent who's feeling out of control or powerless, they will power over the child. And then if we look at the world, you know, then we see people who feel powerless or feel deep pain and hurt, how they're going to make themselves feel better. We power over others. And I think this is why it's so important when we think about how do we create change in our world? Well, it starts in the families. It starts with birth on some level, you know, the, the tenderness and gentleness and support we need for, for pregnancy, for birthing babies gently so that we don't have trauma right from the get-go, from supporting families, supporting parents to unpack their own stories, to feel their feelings so they don't then pass on their stuff to their kids and then giving our children the opportunity to be seen, be heard, to, you know, deeply connect, to have their needs met, to learn in ways that feel great, then we start to see the shift in the consciousness, I think, of where the world is at because people who feel connected to themselves don't want to hurt others. People who have a strong sense of self-belief or compassion for themselves have deep compassion for other humans. They are able to sit and listen to other opinions without needing to force theirs on top of it. They are able to be deeply empathetic to others who have experienced pain and hurt it's very hard for humans to do that if they haven't yet felt them themselves. Yes, I, I agree with everything. We really see, I often say when we look at the the politicians and the big tech folk and the big pharma and all the all the people in the the you know those big organizations that are so often using power over as we see powerless small inner children operating. Because if we feel exactly as you said, if we feel true power we we will not want to use power over others what i often like to think about is that um powerlessness and power over comes from a sense of separation and disconnection so it's always back to that initial thing which is love connection uh if we feel really connected with someone i wonder if you want to our listeners you want to connect in with this if you feel that desire to power over your child if you want to in a subtle or not so subtle way use a kind of a threat or a, you want to coerce them or you want to make them do something in that moment do you feel connected with them and if you see it we see what what's going on around the world whenever you see some person or some nation using power over the other they will always depersonalize or um make the enemy of the other because if we feel that deep loving connection or even just connecting connection we feel connected with someone or some other nation or some other 
nationality. We won't want to use power over. There's no desire to. So power over comes from a sense of disconnection. So all the fundamental principles of aware parenting, again, I seem to be repeating everything you're saying now, but the more we can support that deep sense of connection, the more we create a new, we, we co-create a new world. I mean, this world, if everyone was practicing aware parenting 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 70 years ago, we would not live in a world that looks like it does today. It just could not exist. It cannot have this kind of um, oppression, disconnection, breakdown, climate crisis, all of this stuff. If people care, if people can feel that connection, you know, you wouldn't, you cannot want to cut down a rainforest if you actually feel connected to warmth and compassion and connection and care and care for trees and animals and beings we none of these things could happen if people actually were feeling connected to their own feelings so whenever whenever we listen to a child crying or whenever we listen to a tantrum we're supporting them in that sounds a bit funny but not growing up into someone who can do terrible things to other people it's, it's really basic at some level isn't it it is i mean it sounds so yeah well let's just do that but yeah. it's it's one of the most challenging things you can do and yes. i've you know i'm sure you've had this conversation with many many parents that because this wasn't often shown to us because we don't have it in our own bodies and cells and imprints of this is what it feels like to be deeply heard it is hard it, it, it takes work and it takes practice and it takes community and it takes support to to turn up in these ways to lean into what feels uncomfortable within us to work through our own pieces to then turn up for our children it is it for me it's one of the most the most rewarding thing I've ever done as a parent but one of the most challenging because we become conditioned and hardwired to lean away from what feels hard and what feels painful and because the rest of the world supports that, you don't feel it, do this, do that, all those kind of things, then you're like, oh, yeah, okay, yep, that's what we do. You know. And so I think the more families who listen, the more families who do the work, the more we see that in action, the more that we see is possible, the more changes we start to create. Yum. Mm. Yum, yum. Yum, yum. So I, I wonder if I wonder if if you're listening, whether you'd like to connect in with what do you have a vision? Because I think again, that can be so important to do. Is we can so often be, especially at times like this, um, you know, th- connecting with what is happening and how we feel and what we don't want. But I think it can be really helpful to connect in with what we do want and what kind of future do we want to co-create? What kind of a future do we want for our children? What do we want for our children's future? And for that to um, guide our responses to them we need to have a vision rather than just a, a you know a reaction to what is happening I think that's pretty apt for what's going on in the world right now it can be really easy to be um, there's a lot of divisiveness out there at the moment there's, it can be very easy to buy into a right wrong paradigm depending on how you view what's happening and where you sit and um, and that again doesn't help anybody does it when we're like I'm right you're wrong or it should be this or should be that I think again it comes back to deep compassion and I look at it this way and just go as always we are all doing the best job we know how and we are all coming to this discussion with 
our own belief systems and stories that we've grown up with, our own fears, our own imprints that we've had around what we believe around certain stuff. So we're all coming with very, very valid conversations. And uh, I think where it gets messy and tricky is when we take those you know, perhaps unconscious hurts or those beliefs and we and we yell them loudly at others or we try and project them onto others to go, see, hear me, hear me. Can't you see? This is what I feel or this is what it looks like. And sometimes that is just those little boys and girls within us that never got seen and heard and, and that becomes very challenging to be in. And I've worked, spoken to many parents in the last little bit who are having arguments with family members or people, friends who they thought were friends because they're sitting in different places and it's feeling so um, challenging because, um, you know, these, these different values and belief systems. And, you know, for me, the work is so deeply, how do we listen and hold space for other people's values, beliefs, whatever sits with them without judgment, with compassion? And to say, yes, you you know, this is what is real and alive for you and that is okay. And I have as much compassion for you as I do for myself in my own story. Because, you know, no matter whether it's what's going on in the world at the moment or how we're choosing to parent or whether we feed our kids organic food or whether we homeschool or whatever, we're all doing the best job we know how with what feels right for us. There is no right, perfect way. We have to find our own way in our own thing that feels in deep alignment with who we are and I think it's that interesting thing too when we are very quick to judge others when we are um, very quick to defend ourselves or try and justify why we are where we are with whatever belief systems we have it can be a bit of a sign of perhaps you know are we really in balance with how we feel here where is our center amongst this because when we are centered and we are sitting in deep compassion, not only for ourselves, then it is so much easier to be able to look through the lens of compassion to others and to fully respect their choices wherever they sit or whatever is alive for them. Such a big yes. And of course, we model that, don't we, with our children, if we have siblings, if they're, you know, no, but you did that. No, you did that. If we're, we model that by being able to meet each one with compassion and, and listen to each one and show them that it really is possible to, for, for that to be held with love, to that there isn't some one person that's going to get blamed and shamed and the other one's you know, it will happen to that them next time. So whenever we do that with our children or if they have friends and we're supporting them with friendships, we are modeling that by actually responding. We're supporting that to be internalized for them so that they can understand that people can have a difference of opinion and see things differently and still be connected. Mm. One person, again, isn't right or wrong, is exactly as you said. It's a big thing, isn't it? I think it's such a it's such a developmental task, and I think um, the fact that it is showing up so clearly in the world really does suggest that it's a kind of a developmental level that most people didn't didn't experience growing up. We live in a culture, uh, you know. I love NBC for this, is where you know um, where we have feelings and needs. We we weren't taught and supported to connect with what the feelings and needs were. We learned to either blame and judge ourselves or blame and judge the other so it's either we're wrong or the other's wrong and that's the only two options rather than actually how do we stay lovingly present in these difficult conversations with deep compassion and requires mm. a lot doesn't it a lot of processing often to to feel you know where do these where are these hurts coming from 
how often, mm. you know, if it's whatever the charged, I call a charged phrase, you know, whatever it is, you might want to listen to that, you know, if it's like, you know, they don't understand me or they're not listening to me or how could they do this or how could they believe that and to actually think about that phrase. If you take off the person's name and you have a they, you know, where does this actually belong? And so often it does belong to often our parents or teachers or siblings who, who didn't listen or didn't understand or, um, you know, those kinds of things. So, again, really seeing that if there's a lot of charge, actually following the charge back to its true origins supports us and to be able to have conversations with friends and family who have really different opinions to us. Mm. And that, yeah, that's, I love that. And I really, I love that invitation there to really look at that phrase, that charge, where does it come from? And I think I've shared this before. So much of my, um, the place where that authoritarian power over elements turn up for me is around schooling. It doesn't, wasn't, I didn't really experience that in my home, but um, growing up, but I did in schooling and it always felt wrong for me. And so then, you know, of course there's, not surprising that I built a school to try and heal all that for myself, but but that is really interesting that when I've watched myself, particularly over this last year and a half, if we've been navigating this time, when I have got angry, when the, the power over elements have popped up for me and I've really been really reactive in those moments where I can actually tune into myself and go, where is this from? I'm right back being a school kid, I'm right back in that place where I felt like I didn't have choice or autonomy or power or say or all those kind of pieces where it's turned up. And, and that has invited me to do some work on that and to really lean into it, to then be able to sit in a place of, exactly as you say, compassion and understanding for where everybody is in the world. And there is a lot of different places for people to sit right now. Mm, And I know we've talked a lot about powerlessness and power. It's one of my favourite topics, but to really understand because pretty much all of us have grown up in a disconnected domination culture, so many of us do have a lot of old feelings of powerlessness and um, because there were so many times, you know, in mainstream schools where we did not have choice and agency and autonomy, so many of us in ho- homes as well, powerless feelings. I know I we repeat this because <laughs> it's so important. I think to know that powerlessness is so excruciating, and when it shows up in the present, it often you know it's really um, can be really overwhelming, especially if we're not used to actually listening to feelings or we're not used to having them listened to. And it's really normal and natural that that's showing up for so many people. Uh, you know, when the present situations reminding us of those past experiences, they show up in the present. That's that's our wise psyche. Our psyche is, does that on purpose. It's like, aha, this is similar. Let's see if these feelings can be expressed and lovingly heard this time. We've been trying for the last 30 or 40, or 50 or 20 years. Let's have another go. The unfortunate thing is we really need to discern where who we're directing them at because so often where they're actually wanting to go to is to you know our teacher or our parent, whoever it was, and then we're directing them at some, I don't know, random person on the internet, for example. And it's actually not, that's not where the feelings are directed at. And it doesn't bring healing. If we are, um, you know, if we're feeling big feelings and we direct them at people in that way, it doesn't actually create healing. We, we actually need to have them lovingly heard. And often that isn't by the people who did those hurt us in those original ways. We need to have them heard by people who are willing to listen by, a, a, you know, an empathy buddy or a counselor or a therapist or a web parenting instructor, whoever it is, because those feelings need to be expressed. They need to be felt. 
that just doesn't help if they're getting expressed to to someone that's, that's you know that's not about them isn't isn't the internet just like the just the greatest like oh, yeah. expression of that it's just like the mirror the mirror here here <laughs> would you like to direct some feelings at someone i'm sure if you scroll facebook for three minutes you'll find someone you can direct something at. someone someone will use the wrong word someone will say something that you deem to be you know and then all of a sudden here comes all the all the feelings i know it's pretty interesting to witness and watch isn't it and um and and what might be curious is you might feel that you might you might be like oh i love getting into online fights with people and be like okay well maybe you need to lean into what that's about do you know what um here in australia you know australians love their sport and they love their football their australian rules i'm not really one of them i don't really particularly love watching sport but um my son was watching it the other day i walked in and i was watching there was a football game it's almost the finals here see i don't really know apologies to anyone who really loves football uh and I'm sitting, I sat down with him for a minute and I was like, who's playing and what's going on? I'm asking you like trivial, probably boring mum questions. I can see him sitting there going, mum, stop talking. I'm watching the game. And, um, and so I'm watching just the football for a minute. I'm watching the crowd and I'm watching these people scream and yell with this look on their face of just rage and anger. And I was like, whoa. God, how much aggression is being channeled from, and maybe that's why people love sport and love going to sport because it's the only way that they can express that rage, that hurt, the unjustness of the umpire, how dare they do that, or whatever else they deem to be one of their players not playing well. Like it just is. What is that what's become the only safe way for many people to express those big, ragey anger, anger feelings that sit there, you know, in a, in a sporting situation? You know, as a spectator, is is that what we've learnt to do as a culture and as a society? And the answer is probably yes, it is because, you know, we can we we can step back so often to as young children, we're not allowed to express, you know, those those anger in healthy ways. We we lack those rites of passage for our beautiful teenagers to find their power and rage and express their feelings and their strength in a way that is healthy and that is held by, you know, adults around them. Like we just, I think we lack so much in our society and culture about the expressing these feelings in healthy ways. You know, I saw, I saw this thing actually the other day about, it was an education thing about, you know, when you're upset or angry at school, you know, you just should go and smell a flower or you should um, you should do something that was like literally just like pretend the anger's not there. And I was like, oh, dear. <laughs> I felt a bit of an old dear in me. So I was like, oh, dear. <laughs> like we just, we are so uncomfortable. We're so uncomfortable with feelings. We're so uncomfortable with anger. And I know there's good reason why we're uncomfortable with it because for a lot of us we experienced it in ways that we're not safe. I absolutely understand that. But what can we shift as a paradigm to help humans express in ways that are healthy, that are not about harming others, but are just feeling their feelings, not making them wrong, being able to be held safely in them so they can be expressed and then they can move on. That is so my wish, right? So my wish as I know it is yours, Marion, to create a new paradigm of that where we, um, where it is all welcomed. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. And I think what is so required then is, is we need support, we need listening, whether that's if we can listen for ourselves, journal, 
but we re- we need places where we can express feelings too because you know we really are in i would say you know like a rite of passage for humanity and a time of great uncertainty and um the only way that we're gonna well that's a bit much isn't the only way one of the ways that we can really support ourselves is getting to actually feel what we feel and express it to people who can listen because if we're going to be able to support our children um in a great time of great uncertainty they Mm. need a lot of listening they need a lot of uh, you know in order to be open to uncertainty we need to be we need to be able to trust we need Mm. to be able to trust we need to be able to um not need to have everything in, in control and know how things are and in order to be able to be like that we need to have relatively few feelings sitting accumulated inside us to actually be able to meet the situation as it presents itself rather than having yes. this set idea which we've 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 kind of put in place to keep ourselves safe this hard you know this is how it is and this is how I do it and uh, in order to be able to meet uh, a a completely unknown future supporting our children to feel back to what we said before to feel deeply connected with themselves to feel deeply supported by us to be able to trust them to be able to trust us to be able to trust life so that um you know that they can meet the future with their with their all their resources with their skills and capacities we i think we really need that we need new ways of thinking and new ways of responding and new ways of being and that is not going to work by um, bringing up children in the disconnected domination culture ways because that's we just get cookie cutter ways of doing things and we need new creative ways more than ever mm. yes i so agree i think that point you brought up there which I find I'm talking to a lot of parents about at the moment is how do we find our centre amongst the chaos, which is what you're saying, which is super important for children because there is a lot of unknowns. Things aren't, some for some kids, they don't know when they're going back to school, if they're going back to school. They don't know if they can play sport on the weekend. They don't, there's all those pieces that um, can feel really um, unsure for kids and, and therefore they can feel powerless and all those pieces we've talked about. But equally for us as as adults who are holding these beautiful children, it can feel, again, quite scary what's going to happen in the world and where are we at. And, you know, as we, you come back to that, finding your own inner power and the, the podcast we did um, just recently on on power, I think, was such a beautiful opportunity. It was such a beautiful, you know, those tools you shared, Marion, about finding where your power and strength lies within. I think that is just so fundamental for the time we live in now. How do we find our own power? How do we find our centre? How do we stay connected to who we are, connected to our children, our families? You know, a lot of unknown is flying around us at the moment and we can't control that. But how do we stay anchored and centred within ourselves? I think that is what is going to help us navigate through a lot of the unknown that is is happening in the world. And, and therefore, as you're saying too, when we feel that that centeredness and that anchoredness, it helps us adapt. It helps us not feel so wobbly around change. It helps us um, be curious. It helps us um, stay compassionate. And I think that is, you know, that is really, really vital at these times. Mm, yeah and I'd like to say one more thing as well about basic trust like we really get to I do think again it's a time where we really get to each of us 
heal our own hurts around trust and where mm. we didn't get to, you know, we didn't get to experience that dependable mm. environment that we could really trust and we could lean into and we could feel that support of. And mm. the wonderful thing is we can heal those hurts so that we can trust, that we can trust ourselves and we can trust life and that we can see this then as a time of rather than as fighting, but of actually um, being willing to uh, let life show us, uh, you know, a different way of creating culture, creating, uh, yeah, the new paradigm. Mm, beautiful. I feel I just have to say this because it's sitting with me. I'm sorry to any of you who got, love to go to the football and yell. It's not wrong. <laughs> like I just want to say, if that's what feels good for you, please do that. But I also hope you have other opportunities to express your feelings. <laughs> I was just sitting there thinking, oh, God, have I just offended everybody who loves to go and yell at the television or yell at sport? Please do what makes you feel good. Um, yeah, I can just imagine my, I have a beautiful friend who loves football and she loves yelling at the TV and um, I'm imagining her listening is going, Lael, don't be so judgy. I love yelling <laughs> at, the, at the players. <laughs> so please, please. And I guess that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, can we find ways that like, could it be that a sport does, is a, you know, a modern setup to express kind of these tribal yeah, things. things? But it's, uh, I think the question is always, are we doing it in a way that is, that as actually does bring release and relief are we feeling that sense of our feelings being honored mm. and is it hurting anyone else I mean that's the yeah. questions you know great you know isn't it expression is great yes but is yes. it helping and is it hurting that others, yes that's really might be that's two good questions very good all right what would you love to leave people with what's your what's your contemplation yeah I would like to invite you would you like to connect in with your vision for the future the kind of world that you want your child or children to grow up into and would you like to um would you like to hold that over time and if they're even depending on the age that they are would you like to support them maybe doing some like drawing or things like that to support them to actually vision the future that they want to co-create and be part of Hmm. I love that. That's beautiful. I was going to say the same thing, but I'll say, what about you? Um, I invite you to envisage the parent you want to be. Oh. So what that looks like now or for tomorrow or next week or for the future, who is the parent you want to be in raising your kids in this, this world? Because, you know, as much as there is chaos right now, I also want to say there is just it's a pretty exciting time to be alive. There's a lot going on, but I think change is often needed. We all, we need change in our world and chaos is sometimes what brings change. And um, so, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. And um, as you said, we don't almost want it to go back to the way it was because a lot of things didn't feel good. And I know for many families, even for those who have been in countries where there's been lockdown, there has been incredible connection and bonding and beauty that has come from spending more time together as families, going slower, not racing around, doing all the, the crazy things. There's there's gifts everywhere, right? There's much beauty in all, always there is. Sometimes we see the dark stuff, sometimes we see the light stuff, but there is always beauty to be experienced in whatever happens in life. So, yeah, I wonder what that would feel like for you moving forward. Mm. that now 
and offerings. I think you're offering another. Uh, oh, yes, I've decided I'm going to have one more immersion before the end Yay. of the year. So I'm going to start, I think, October the 11th when anybody's listening to this, um, which is an eight-week immersion online and we get to go through all those beautiful big core imprints of that, you know, you got in your family of origin and how that turns up for kids and for your children now as a parent. And, um, yes, you have access to me for eight weeks. We get to explore all the different parent parts of where we're parenting and it's usually beautiful, beautiful people who do it. So, yes, that's what I've got starting in a few weeks. What about for you, Marion? Amazing. I do want to say again, I just hear from so many people say, that was the most life-changing I've ever done. So um, such <laughs> a great you. opportunity. Uh, yeah, I'm focusing on power at the moment. So I've got a free offering just about coming out, which is called um, Reclaiming Your Power in a Domination Culture. Uh, I've got some sales on a couple of my courses, including Power and Powerlessness in Parenting. And I've got a new offering coming out really soon, which is mm. called True Power, which I'm really excited mm. about. Mm. I love it. I love it. I love I love that you're um, just how many things you just keep creating. It's so good. <laughs> so, so good. All right. Thank you, everybody, for being here. As always, you know, we love it when you um, share our podcast and, and, you know, we love to when you ask questions or you have suggestions for stuff for us to talk about. So please keep, keep them coming. Mm, yay. And so much love to you. Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.